The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today I am joined by Pita Morton from all the way from France to talk about uh, Pita's book, Ancient Teachings for Modern Times, The Way to a Rich and Deeply Satisfying Life. Through this book, Pita radiates curiosity, which is of course the desire to learn more, to know more to create more. Welcome, Pita. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah. Hi, Christy. Really excited to be here. Thank you for having me on here. Lovely. lovely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Oh, me too. Me too. We've been trying for a while. (laughs) It's 2020. Come on. What do you expect? (laughs) A few you know, you learn to flow with it. (laughs) I want a do-over for this whole year. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Yeah, you just go with the flow, right? So um, you're a Reiki master. Yeah, I teach Reiki. I, I teach Reiki, and I don't like that master term. You know, I think Reiki's the master. I'm just somebody that shows up and goes, "Wow, <laughs> isn't that cute? Isn't that interesting?" Yeah, oh, I, you know, I think all you can do is just show up and share what you learn, and just keep hoping that you improve along the way and sharing as you, you know. Yeah, I struggle with that whole, I'm a Reiki master title. Yeah, well, and then there's the whole master-slave, uh, masculine, feminine, the, the whole thing coming along with the word master, so. I yeah. Reiki teacher. <laughs> Absolutely, but Reiki, Reiki is a powerful modality, and I just, in skimming through your book and looking through your book, um, it Reiki comes out in just every page, every every aspect, because Reiki is universal life. It's that life force energy, and it seems to just come oh, out. Oh, that's that's lovely that you say that. That's because that's kind of the intention when I wrote it. It was, you know, I, for, for me, Reiki is not. It, it's more than just a te- technique. I mean, it's just a word for who we are, really. 
So, yeah, and that's what I really wanted to share is, you know, what are these processes that are going on all around us all the time that most of us aren't even aware of? So, yeah, yeah. all these things that are at play that we're not necessarily cognizant of, that we're not necessarily aware of. But it's that it's that spark of that Reiki is that spark of curiosity that underlies everything, that spark of life that informs that that educates that that just touches all maybe i'm getting a little bit too philosophical here but yeah uh, but it kind of it is a big question isn't it for me it's it's it really is it's like the stuff from which everything is founded on you know whether it's material or thought or energy it's it's just this 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 life force that it's that thing that keeps us all alive and and I think even that carries on you know consciousness I suppose that goes on beyond the death beyond death and it, it's just that substance it's constantly evolving and changing and becoming you know condensed and static and material and lighter and more ethereal and more spiritual and you know this just it's constantly evolving and constantly changing and conscious um so yeah, it's it fascinates me. You know, I, I for me, it's so much more than just a a, a healing technique. Um, although that's you know that's I love that part of it too. You know, that's uh, I have a, a Reiki practice and I I love doing healing work. But it's for me, it's so much more than it, it's it's who we are really. It's our essence. It's our you know it's our, our true self. Right, right. You know, I, I'm a Sunday school teacher and I teach my Sunday school kids about, well, when, when it's not COVID, right? We rub our hands together really briskly. We pull them apart. We feel that energy and we just um, just talk about how that energy flows through us, through everything around us. Um, that, that is the, the life force energy that, that animates everything. And that, and that does, I keep coming back to this word curiosity that we're radiating today because Without that spark of curiosity, that spark of, of life just is not quite as bright. And I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about this a little bit too hard. <laughs> so ancient teachings from modern times. So, you know, what, what was, why ancient teachings from modern times? What was the journey that brought you to bringing this incredible book into the world? I wanted to share, you, you know, I I came into this really late in life off the back of, uh, I, I had a run-in with cancer, um, lost my business, lost a lot financially, you know, like typical dark night of the soul stuff, you know, that's pretty, you hear it all the time. And, and that's kind of why I'm so excited about what's going on at the moment, you know, this, everything that's happening. Um, I, I'm a bit... I have to be careful how I, I say this because I don't want to say like I get great pleasure in death and loss. And But there's something really, really exciting that happens when we're in a desperate place, you know, that that we we find ourselves going inside and asking for things in a way that we would never, you know, asking for help. And um, it puts us in a place of surrender, really, where things open up. And that's kind of what happened to me. I got in every aspect of my life was pretty much disintegrating, um, which is a real blessing. And I'm glad um, you say that. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that that was a blessing because you can either choose to see it 
as a blessing or as the worst thing that ever happened? Oh, totally transformed my life, you know, totally, totally. I was really materialistic and um, very competitive, very wrapped up in... I was thinking about it tonight, actually. I was thinking, you know, I wasn't even really competitive for my stuff. You know, I was competitive for what my kids were achieving. It was like a a double layer of, um, yeah, and it had to be the best business. Constantly trying to prove myself and, you know, comparing and... I'm never satisfied. And, and I'm, I'm cool with the fact that we're never satisfied because I don't think we ever, we're not meant to be. So I think the day we get satisfied is the day we stop um, evolving. And I think we're meant to always kind of hanker after something new or a new experience or a new thing, to, you know, a new toy. Or So I don't think that will ever stop. But, you know, we, we, a lot of us just get in that loop and... And nothing really satisfies that, um, you know, you're just waiting for the next thing. And you might have an experience or, or something new arrives in your life. And I was happy for, you know, a nanosecond. And then I'd, I'd, I'd want something else. It wasn't, and, and nothing was enough. And I just found I was really, really un, unhappy on so many levels. You know, on the, on the face of it, I had everything. A lovely family, a nice life, a nice business, but you know, underneath it all, I was that whole spiritual aspect was totally, totally missing, and it was all about me. You know, life was all about what about me? You know, what's in it for me? I didn't even enter my head. You know what? Sometimes it did. Um, You know, I've always been one of life's helpers, but a lot of the time, I was very focused on what do I get out of this thing? Whether it was prestige or a thing or, you know, I was, and look at me, here I am. (laughs) Here I am. And and so when that fell away, you know, when I lost my health and um, that identity I'd created, you know, this successful estate agent and the, you know, the horsewoman I have you know you have all these labels that I had for myself and a mum of course the kids then grow up and they leave home and all these things they all fell away and I was left there thinking well who am I then you know what is it that I want and all I had was fear you know I was just so worried I with when I I got sick um lost a lot of money um gotten a lot of debt on the back of being off work for, you know, self-employed and off work for so long. And I just lived in, you know, constant nagging terror, really. You know, that inside me, just that feeling of, it's interesting, you know, it it still ripples up. Somebody shared um, a beautiful blog post um, the day before yesterday, and it really touched me. And she described about going to the cash point, uh, not or, or to pay the checkout, you know, at the checkout at the till, and you put the code in, and that moment where you're waiting, thinking, oh, is it going to say payment accepted? Or you go to the letterbox and you have that knot in your stomach, and you're thinking, oh, what's going to be in there? Because there was never anything good in there. So everything I was constantly focused, constantly worrying about. Would I pay the bills? What was going to be in the fridge for the kids to eat? You know, all that, that um, 
about stress. And I had no idea. Nobody had ever taught me about, you know, these simple things like the law of attraction or, or um, you know, how we really do create our, our reality. Um, and nobody taught me how to manage that, that fear. You know, what do you do with that at three o'clock in the morning when your mind's going, what if, what if, what if? Uh, and just creating all these stories. Um, and so I wanted to share really what, what helped me. You know, simple things that I think we should have, I, I'm just astounded we don't teach our kids. It's so basic. And it, it's the stuff that's being kept pretty much, you know, for years, for elite little groups, you know, or exclusive groups. Maybe it's, you know, the Freemasons or um, it was, you know, the pagan, the pagan art, but very sort of peripheral. Mm. And it's like, this is our... This is, I want my mum, I wanted my mum to be able to, I want my kids to, to say, wow, this is, this is how energy works. This is how, like, this is the mechanism of consciousness. This is what happens. This is how thought, this is what happens when I have thoughts and emotions and I have a choice about how I perceive a situation. And, and it was the stuff I was, um, you know, when I started teaching Reiki, I quickly became very aware that we're so bogged down in the techniques. You know, these are the hand positions, and this is how you call the energy in. And it, it didn't sit right with me. It's like, well, we're not ever disconnected from it. It's not something you, you turn on and off. We're doing this stuff all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. And then what I wanted to do is share something that made people aware of what's going on under the surface or what we're actually creating for ourselves and where we get stuck and you know just silly little things such simple exercises that just made such a difference to my life you know well, let's back let's back up a little bit how long ago was this chapter this dark night of the soul i suppose it end ended was it 2012 seems to be the year that most people seem to be talking. So it's only about 10 years ago now. Yeah. Okay. So um, all that long ago. No, it must and be more than that. It must be, it must be more than that. Um, I've been teaching for about 10, I've been practicing for about 10 years now. So probably about 10 or 11 years ago anyway, yeah. but you know, for years leading, it was a long, slow, it was a very plutonic thing, you know. These these are long. These are I love astrology, so these are the outer planets, and they take they're transformative. So they take a long time to pass through, you know, when they're tearing your life away. But they're basically just stripping out everything that wasn't real, right? And so you had been bogged down in what wasn't real, like so many of us. I, I mean, I was in that place as well. Um, so much of the world is in that place where we don't really understand what's going on. We don't understand the power of the moment, that, that being the power of being present, et cetera. Um, was, it, was it the cancer? Was it losing your business that, that caused you to jumpstart this? What, what, what caused you to turn toward this idea? The, the cancer started, my, my husband had a, a fall from the roof and I, um, and, and like, it was quite interesting, actually, when I was sat in, um, 
when, when I was in hospital, you know, you're all lined up with other people having chemo and you all chat to each other. And pretty much all of the women there were all people who'd cared for somebody for um, a long period of time and had felt that they had no control over their circumstances, you know, lots of responsibility, lots of pressure. And they seem, we all seem to have got through that bit. And then the minute that pressure's taken off, everything collapses. <laughs> you know, so, so my husband had to fall off the roof and he'd smashed himself up, you know, pretty badly, couldn't cut his food. I had a business I was running. We had nine ponies, two kids, um, and no support system. You know, nobody that I could say help. So that kind of, you know, I, I felt, I got very much in that place of powerlessness. Like there's nothing I can do to change it. I could have done lots of things to change it. And I could have, uh, and I could have seen the whole situation very differently as well. You know, I could have been feeling uh, and and actually feeling very angry and resentful at the fact that he'd had this accident and then beating myself up because I'm a good person and he's hurting and I shouldn't feel these conflicting emotions you know I wouldn't feel that if I was a nice person I wouldn't want to <laughs> catch his eyes out for, for leaving me in this so so that you know that long long held sort of simmering anger and resentment which is so corrosive but instead of expressing it or asking for help or doing something to change the situation of course then you internalize I internalized it and I and stuffed it down and you know, you put that face on. And 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 then there was a moment when, um, just after I got my cancer diagnosis, and I remember lying in, we'd had that, that conversation about, you know, do I tell the kids or not? You know, I think I can probably muddle through this and I, they probably won't ever have to know. Their mum's got no hair and no eyebrows. But, you know, I didn't want to, you know, again, I, I've, so used to propping everybody up that I didn't want to show that weakness. Um, and then I luckily had a very wonderful doctor who said, and what would your kids do if they noticed and they needed some help and you hadn't shared that with them? You know, how would, how would they ever be able to trust you? Who would they go to? So she, she got my mind right. But I was laying in bed next to them and they'd been watching a film together you know teenage girls don't normally sleep together but they just happen to have fallen asleep and I, I sort of snuggled in between the two of them and I just remember lying there thinking oh my god I might not actually be there to see them grow up I might miss this and miss their children and then all of a sudden things became things that I'd just taken for granted oh I have truth bumps <laughs> But the things that I'd really taken for granted just suddenly became incredibly precious. You know, like there'd be a ray of light or there'd be, you'd see it at the, you'd, I'd stop and I would smell it. You know, they say stop to smell the roses. You know, I hadn't been. I'd been racing around chasing commissions and wanting the nicest house on my website because <laughs> I, I sold big posh um, country houses um so it was and all of a sudden I found I, I had a different perspective on what was important in life you know and it wasn't the flashy car and it, it it's the really simple things you know watch uh, and so that um and then I lost um 
we had a pony that I've been working with, worked with for a few years. We used to take in ponies that were way beyond our budget and bring them on for for um, for owners to, to to as for competition ponies. And this pony we had sort of again ambition, um, winning. That was my you know was my thing, and. Um, she got to to the highest level and she actually um, went to jump for France uh, around the, the Nations Cup. So she was really good. And she became so valuable that the owners had to, um, they had offers. Every time they went out, they were getting offers by all these super wealthy people. Um, so again, that 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 loss when she went, that was the, the thing that really did for me. It was the, like, the, that was the dream. And it was also seeing my kids' dreams being taken away as well. And that was, that was kind of the last straw. That was the, that was the one that had me silly. It, it was for anybody else, it's a nothing event. But for me, it was that it, she'd kind of been the one that had seen me through all my chemo, the kids and this pony. Um, it gave me something to, hang on to and so when that when she went as well I sat at the side of the road just sobbing um and for the first time ever I said help me help me I just can't do this I don't know I wasn't quite that polite you know (laughs) you're being honest here honey (laughs) (laughs) no I mean for me it's a these days it's like I'm having a conversation with another part of myself it's like a friend and I was, you know, I was angry. I was angry. I was hurting. And it was like, I don't know what to do. Really help me. And the minute I said that, everything started to change. And, and that surrender, we don't do it enough. We don't, we don't ask. Absolutely. So how, so how did things start to change? Um, within, within 20 minutes, I had... Uh, uh, and a friend of mine who'd been um, she'd she'd been paying a small fortune to a law of attraction coach, and I originally thought I looked at her and I thought, oh my god, you're just nuts! You're just you might as well go and burn your money, you know. Um, but you know, being that I was struggling financially at the time, she phoned me up out of the blue and she said, oh, there's a law of attraction conference on in London. She said, do you fancy going? And I said, well, I can't afford. To London oh no no somebody's dropped out it's all paid for um come and um it's really interesting because it was um it was put on by these um super wealthy women and my idea of money was so unhealthy you know if I had to put a we we did an exercise the other day where you have to sort of characterize your representation of money and mine was kind of very Donald Trump actually <laughs> oh god help me <laughs> you know but and, and no wonder I wasn't bringing anything in because I, I was repulsed by it you know I, I, I seem to have moved from this commission chasing um materialistic person to oh I'm so spiritual <laughs> and you know forgotten there was a middle ground somewhere and, you know, I had a really unhealthy um, perspective about um, money. So uh, about money and uh, everything that was, in, you know, all my estate agency, not all of them, I have to be careful what I say because some might be listening. Um, but a lot of them, very wealthy, but 
you know, they've got their money through arms dealing and fracking and, and right. um, you know, all these. Right. So for me, that's what money was. And when we got to this event, um, it was full of these incredibly inspiring women who had got not just the law of attraction, but they really got it, you know, everything else about how energy flows and emotion and um, but incredibly compassionate. And everything they were putting in that they were getting back, they were plowing back in. They had projects all over the place. Help, You know, the, the conference they put on was for peanuts to help other women. They were sharing what they knew and, you know, what they'd learned that that had turned their lives around. They were so, um, you know, I, I got hooked on the whole law of attraction thing and, you know, still very materialistic, but, you know, little by little, you start realizing that, wow, it's not just about stuff. And then you start realizing, uh, you know, how consciousness works and how our emotions fuel our thoughts. And, you know, and, and once you dive down that rabbit hole, then it's just, it's a never-ending fascination. Well, and you can't go back once you start to see things. For, you can't unknow it. You can't. And everything is forever changed. Yeah. And I had this um, I had this amazing experience while I was um, at the conference. They did this very simple eye-gazing exercise. You know, you stare into somebody's eyes with a stranger. And it's the first time ever I really felt like, I mean, I, I, it's the first time I had a real sense of connection. And um, just this huge heart opening um, that's beyond anything. I just a, a, a real energetic feeling. But I grinned for about three weeks afterwards. It was like, oh, just so expansive. Um, and then going back to the flat that we were staying in and there was a Reiki teacher who said, you know, you really should learn Reiki. And I'd never even heard of it. <laughs> and it's so, you know, literally within a weekend, everything pivoted. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, so I learned Reiki and it was literally, I felt like it, it wasn't a new skill. I just felt like I'd come home. It was like, oh, oh, this feels comfortable. I know this. This is who I yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it. I remember that, you know, you get that buzz and I, you know, I just open. And yeah, it's like, yeah I remember, I, I get this. I remember what this is. I'm yeah. comfortable with it. I genuinely um, call Reiki the gateway drug because it, <laughs> it opens up so many things for you. Yeah. Once you understand the flow of energy, how it works, how it flows through you and what the energy does. It just, it just opens up so many different possibilities. Yeah. So that was really your first, um, your first toe dip into this world. Yeah. Although it went very, very quickly after that, you know, I spent, um, you know, I had some experience before even starting the Reiki. Um, I think the minute you're open to that, then you know, spirits there saying, "Okay, thank, thank, thank heavens, let's go, come on." Um, so I'd started having experiences, but very quickly after that, um, you know, I've never, I'd never felt energy moving before. I was just a body and a mind and emotions, and all of a sudden, I'd see, you know, this, your intuition just opens up. So I'd see energy, I'd see patterns, I'd know clear connaissance just knowing stuff um 
the feeling. Um, yeah. But then having a, a succession of really, um, you know, spot awakening experiences. So, you know, out-of-body experiences, spontaneous out-of-body experiences, and finding yourself flying through the cosmos and then going, I am the cosmos, you know. So, <laughs> so these just, you know, this just, and lots of visions, which still go on to this day, actually. You know, I, I, I wake, I go to bed with a question, you know, come back to that endlessly curious thing. I go to bed with a question about whatever it happens to be that day. And I wake in the early hours of the, the morning. I often get vibrated awake. I, the, the vibrations wake me. And I know all manner of stuff that I have absolutely no way of knowing from my rational mind. So I spend ages hovering in that, you know, that, what do they call it? The liminal space is the trendy word for it now, isn't it? In between, you know, when you're half awake and half asleep, I, you know, I... Isn't that lovely? It's such a wonderful, magical place to be. And it's hard to even imagine not being there as you were before, which as you were before, I'm looking through your, your bio and you, you used to be a police officer. <laughs> hard to imagine. That must've been some time ago. It's a, it, it's a, cha- well, it's a change. It's, it, it's, I think it's wonderful actually, because oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm seeing especially women, especially women, not just women, but these things have been so fringe and so, you know, these are, I just feel like we're reclaiming all these old arts that we've left behind. I'm seeing women that are getting into herbalism and essential oils and, you know, they're working in groups, they're doing intention work together. And I was so freaked out about like this we, I, I blogged anonymously for two years before I told anybody what I was doing. Oh. You know, my family thought I'd gone completely nuts. Um, about that, but the but the the, the policing is um, yeah. I mean, I've always very much on the helping side. Yes, yes. It's, it's not. It's. I've never been one to be stood there at the side of the road. You know, wanting to nab you for speeding or for drink driving or. Um, it was all, as I said before, it's a bit perverse, really, but I love to be around when people are in difficulty. I like feeling, is it a feeling of being useful? I don't know. But there's there's a lot of parallels, actually, you know, sitting there when people are really desperate. They've been, I did a lot of work with um, women who have been raped and child abuse and, you know, serious crimes. So, you almost always were sat there with somebody who just had their house burgled or, you know, and I would always be the one that would volunteer to go and give the death messages. And it's not because I'm, it's not because I'm bizarrely attracted to people's pain. I don't think it's that. I think it's just that there's, you can smooth the path for people at difficult times. And that's always when people are struggling you know, there's a there's a way that you can be with somebody when it's life's tough for them. So it's not that, you know, you always see the police, and especially at the moment, you know, the horrendous um, images of the police that are coming out. Yeah, um, absolutely. This but that awesome. wasn't my experience of policing. My experience of policing was, 
you know, sitting with somebody who'd, or even with offenders, you know, because often they had the most horrendous stories. They didn't just arrive there, you know, on a whim. There's a whole family history behind. And, you know, just being able to sit there with somebody and they'd share much more, you know, if you were genuinely compassionate towards them and kind towards them, then they they would open up. Um, so it's not that different to what, but I love, in, you know, investigation. I love investigation. Absolutely. Um, and, and I love that about the, the Reiki work I do now. It's like the, the most interesting bit of what I'm doing now, I think is more so than the healing work. I, I love to use Reiki, you know, in the same way that you do hypnotherapy, really, to get answers to, to, to questions. So working with scientists that have got questions on, I don't know, we've just done a, a study with um, uh, on, on genetics, the genetics of psychic ability, and we've been using precognitive um, stuff to, to go and try and get answers for questions that haven't actually been asked by the scientists. They're going to ask the questions after we've done the, after we've done the, what well, we've just finished. We've just given our answers to some random they, they used a random number generator and we, we've just given our answers to what we intuited in relation to these codes. And now they're going to go back independently to all the scientists and um, the scientists will then set the questions. Because fascinating. Yeah, so we can see, you know, they, they wanted to show um, about precognition and also that the whole time space, you know, the, the time is really just everything exists now. Um, so using it for, um, you know, helping scientists with things I don't need to know. I don't know anything about genetics, but yeah. um, and the same with, you know, I have a, a group of crazy boys I hang out with from time to time on Facebook and they're doing all these, you know, these crazy cymatics experiments or they're trying to get their plasma drivers to work or and, you know, you just get these little insights that come in and say, well, maybe you want to change that for put some copper in there <laughs> you know that might be these things come from nowhere and Absolutely. and or, or whether it's just sitting with a client and saying you know why am I feeling what's this emotion I've got going on within me why am I feeling this particular emotion what or why do I have this image in my head you know why do I have an image of a young boy with a football on his Oh, yeah, that was when I was a boy. He had a football on his... I remember seeing a boy with a football on his mm-hmm. his um, side. And uh, when I was doing a session with a guy who was in his mid-50s, and he said, well, what's that all about? And he said, oh, my dad was so disappointed with me because I was useless at football. Oh, and and in, in his 50s, all of a sudden, this realisation that all his life he's just thought he was useless he wasn't worth he was worthless because of a couple of football matches when he was eight seven or eight you know so I, I that for me is the fascination with this this energy that we're working with you know just always asking questions always you know why <laughs> what am I feeling why am I feeling this and you yeah. know and what can I turn it into how can I do this differently oh so. yes oh absolutely Did you know that Radiate Wellness has a subscription-based premium content Facebook group? Think of it like the premium version of this free podcast. 
In this premium Facebook group, you can find great content like replays of online classes, meditations on angels, chakras, mindfulness, and more, guest speakers, mini classes, polls, plus you'll be the first to know of guests that we have scheduled for the podcast and can submit questions for them. You get all of this great content for one low monthly price, and the first month is half off. You can subscribe by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash shop. Click the subscriptions button, and you're in. Also, while I have your attention, wherever you're listening to this free podcast, if you could just do us a couple of favors, please. One is go to hit the subscribe or follow button. Then you'll be notified of all of the episodes we have coming out each week. Also, please rate and review. It sounds really simple, but it helps us to grow our audience when people are looking for great podcasts. And when we grow our audience, we can do bigger and better things and bring you even more great guests. So please do those couple of things, and that will help us grow this audience and this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. So let's turn it back to your book, Ancient Teachings from Modern Times. Um, These ancient teachings that you put in your book, where did you collect them from? And why did you decide that you wanted to write about this and bring this forward? Because I think, especially now, in fact, I I don't think I realized when I wrote it, but, you know, looking back, 2020 is kind of I. I didn't realize I was writing it for now, but these are. But I knew they were really useful skills. They made such a massive difference to my life. You know, really, I genuinely hardly ever worry. I just won't beat myself up with it anymore. You know, and I've learned how to even if I'm in a really difficult situation. I can always change my perspective on things. Um, and they were just so simple. I just wanted i wanted to be able to share them. And I wanted to share them with my Reiki students who didn't get that. They were just learning techniques. And, um, and they were missing the crux of what consciousness is all about. Um, and also because I felt quite angry. You know, I'm a Mars in <laughs> Mars and the Sun in Aries. Yeah, I'm quite a, an, um, you know, I have to have to have to temper that. Um, but I was I I could see that people with um, in, in positions of quite considerable power, quite clearly, the more I learned, I was seeing that people did have an understanding of how this stuff worked, but it was just being used to to gain wealth and you know, more power and and I just thought, no, this is our this is for all of us. This is just basically human. And it felt so important. And and now that we've got to twenty this period that we're in now, you know, we can feel it. We all know we're in a, a period of like massive transformation. Well if you go into that consciously or at least more and more people become aware of how we create our reality. Yes. You know, when we're confronted with these awful, awful, seemingly awful things, I get so excited when I see what's happening. You know, I'm seeing this stuff disintegrating. 
But, you know, from, from experience, from sitting with those people who've had the catastrophes and from having my own dark night of the soul, and, you know, I see it day in, day out. When people are in that dark place, that's when the, that's when the breakthroughs happen. So if we know how to, how to focus and how to amplify whatever we're focused on, you know, how to, to, to say, okay, we, we get so stuck on what we don't want. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're totally focused on, I don't want that thing. And what most of us don't realize is that we're actually reinforcing it, you know, every, and so that's not to push it away and say, I don't want that thing. Um, but just to be able to, to, to get it out and look at it and say, well, what do I believe about this then? You know, where does that belief come from? What, why, why do I feel that way about it? And okay, so if I don't want that, what do I want in its place? You know, and that's where I'm going to put my attention. And it's not rejecting the thing that's giving the contrast. And I think there's so much coming up at the moment that's really unhealthy for us. <laughs> um, we, we, I was talking to, to, I did a session with somebody today and um, it, it's, you know, it, it's like somebody's put a big, had a, had a big poo and put it on the table and it's like, there it is. There's this big poo and you've got to clean it up. You can't ignore this. It's become so, the stuff that's going on around the planet has become, it's been going on for centuries. Absolutely. And we've been building on it and building on it and building on it and going really in a, such a destructive cycle. And, and for me, it's like somebody squeezing a big abscess and, you know, getting rid of all this stuff that's been hidden and as uncomfortable as it is, and as gruesome as it is, and smelly, and, you know, you can go, okay, well, I, I can't ignore this anymore. I've got to make some changes. And, and so it, writing the book, for me, it was all about saying, well, this is how, how we make those changes. These are some really simple steps to say, okay, well, there's this thing I really, this pile of poo, <laughs> I don't want this. So where am I going to look now? And how do I move from that place of, and sometimes we don't even know what it is we want. You know, we just know, I don't want that. <laughs> it's like anything, but not that. I so how the, um, you know, the, the press packet that I received about your book said, I wanted to create a book of all the basics that I found incredibly useful that wasn't weird woo-woo are full of religious dogma. Yeah. We're talking about really useful, really basic, really helpful, right? That's not... The, the, and yet there are so many fabulous teachings, you know, the Sufi teachings, the Christian mystics, um, you know, the, all the Hindu teachings. They're, they're, the, the, but they all basically boil down to the same teachings. Mm -hmm. If you, <laughs> you know, it's just the different cultures interpret them in their own ways and and then, you know, we and I had huge resistance to the whole God word, you know, and um so I, but but the core of what they're all teaching just felt right to me and it works. It works, and they all basically the same. It's very, very simple principles for, for what living. What do you take as the core of these teachings? 
we create our reality with our thoughts and with our emotions. We move energy. Every, every thought we have has a frequency, has a vibration. You know, we have this impression that we live in this solid world and it's not. Nothing is solid. Uh, and it still blows my mind that I'm sat on this chair. And how on earth is that just molecules vibrating? And, and they say today it's not even just molecules vibrating. Even the molecules, they think, are just fields oscillating. And it's yes. like, how is that popped up? Apparently, this is... I believe it was Einstein who said that reality is just an illusion, albeit a persistent one. Yeah. That it is just an illusion. It's an amazing illusion. And it's fun, you know, and it's fun to play with this stuff as well. We take it so seriously. But, you know, once you once you start getting the hang of some of these principles, then you can play with it. So let's talk about some of these techniques that you put in your book. Um, how easy are they? Um, easy. Very, very easy. Because I wanted something that my love. My mum's going to kill me. I wanted something that my mum could do. <laughs> I'm with you, this. She will. She will. Yeah, she'll probably shoot me tonight. But uh, <laughs> no, I wanted something. I, I say they're easy. They're not. They're simple. Mm -hmm. okay. They're simple. They're not necessary. I still, um, I still... I have to keep pulling myself. In fact, my kids and my husband now are the first ones to say, you know that thing you wrote in your book? <laughs> Why don't you do it? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm better than I was, but I still, you know, I've had 54 years of not doing it, or maybe less now, but, you know, I had a, the, the vast part of my life I had no clue. So I've got a lot of, we've had a lot of unlearning to do, but so it's easy, but it's, they're simple, but not easy. Right. And old habits die hard. I mean, our, our general preset is to go back to our old ways. It takes yeah. some training. It takes some remembering and it takes some conscious effort to make these new neural pathways so that we can take on new... Uh, but it, it's like playing guitar, isn't it? You know, if you want to play, if you want to be a good guitarist, it's just repetition. And eventually it just, you just go to where you need to go or karate or whatever it happens to be. You know, you can, if you repeat something enough, then it becomes innate. Uh, and And I think... You know, my my go-to these days is Reiki. You know, if, if, if I stung my hand, in fact, I've become very lazy. Um, if I'm gardening, I very rarely put gloves on because if I get the sting, I'll quickly just, I'll <laughs> give myself, you know, it's become my go-to. It's the first thing that I think of. And my reaction these days um, is straight away to say, why do I feel that? Mm. So, you know, to start asking those questions, why have I got this discomfort? You know, what's that telling me? It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just moving me in a, a different direction. So these techniques are, these methods, I should say, are, are simple, but they're not necessarily easy. They're things that you've collected over the years, it sounds like. Things that you've just come across that said, oh, that was useful. Oh, that was useful. Yeah. And from all sorts of different traditions, you know, and I really wanted to make it. Um, I didn't want it to be culturally, you know, just for one person. There's teachings in there from Sufis, from Native Americans, and, um, 
you know, Muslim teachings and all these different um, practices. I really wanted to, but again, there's very, very, it's, it's all about cultivating awareness. You know, that's the, that's the key. It's what is going on inside of me. What, what's my inside? What's going on in my inside world? And how is that affecting what I'm seeing in front of me? So when you say that thoughts, or th- thoughts are things, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, um, there, there, quite a lot of the teachings actually say that thoughts are as much a part of the material world as physical reality. They, they have a, a texture and an energy and they create a vibration. When they move, when they're in action, um, they, they, create, uh, and they, they create an energy which we would then call emotion. You know, it's energy moving that which creates a sensation in our body which we say this is an emotion. So you always have an emotion associated with a thought. But a thought is, is um, it's just finer. It's more spacious. It's less visible. But it's nevertheless part of the material world. Um, so for me, it's like you have this, the, the denser and more contracted it is, the more, you know, the more solid it is. And, and the more spacious it is, the more it's like spirit. Um, and and you know the and we they're constantly interacting with one another. You know we think they're my thoughts. Are they really my thoughts? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not convinced they are. You know maybe I could contribute towards them, but um, I think we're massively impacted by what's going on in the, oh, the collective. collective. Yes, the collective unconscious and collective consciousness as well. Yeah, that um, sometimes. We have thoughts that think us rather than thoughts that we think. Often, especially at the moment. Oh my goodness! Yes, there's so much going on right now. Oh, but but uh, but it's so exciting. It is it because is. it's it's like we can. What can we change? One of the one of the techniques I teach is I call it flipping. You know, we just flip a thought, and so I see something I don't want, and it's like, okay, I know I don't want that. What do I want in its place? How do, and, I, and most of the time I don't know. So the question is, how do I want to feel then? If I don't know I, know, I know I don't want that government, for example. Um, no, let's not get political. <laughs> let's not get political. You know, I, recently I've noticed that um, I'm feeling quite dissatisfied with where I'm living and not bothered, not hugely dissatisfied. It hasn't got to that point yet, but you know, I'm just feeling that there are things that I'd like to change. And I was thinking about it, thinking, well, the community around me. And again, you are not in England. You are in France. In France, a lovely, beautiful, beautiful area, but I'm just ready for something new. And so I started thinking rather than thinking, well, oh my God, they're all so boring, <laughs> which you could say. Um, it was like, well, what do I, how do I want to feel then? You know, what sort of people do I want to have around me? And so I love to lose myself in just imagining, well, what does, what's that feeling? It's like, oh, I want people around me that inspire me. And I want to have really juicy conversations with people. And I want to have fun. I want to laugh more. You know, and then, and so I can, 
grow that. And it's like, I might not know what those people look like, but I know how I want to feel. You know, I might not know what job I want, but it's like, well, how do I want to feel in this? I know, you know, maybe you need, know you need your job to change and you don't know what that job's going to be. So you can't even start to focus on manifesting something. But you can say, oh, how do I want to feel? Mm-hmm. I want to feel, yeah, I want to have fun. I want to feel valued. I want to feel um, part of a team. I want to feel dynamic. It's got to be, yeah, ex- I want to be excited. I want to travel or I want to be more expansive. You know, I want to feel light when I go to work. I don't want to go in thinking, oh, here we go again. So I think if we can focus on the feeling, and so you can flip things. Mm-hmm. and Or taking a, a belief about something, you know, all politicians are corrupt. And um, I, I'll write them on a piece of card, and I'll, I'll cross it out. So, okay, I'll maybe sit with it for a while and think, well, why do I believe that? It's hard to think differently <laughs> in the face of the overwhelming evidence at the moment. But um, right. it's, it's, but again, you can you can cross it out, turn it over, and say, well, what would I want in its place? Um, you know, and what can I see now that already exists that I can grow? So I can put something like there are some amazing, um, very inspiring politicians. And I'd like, you know, there are some great leaders out there and I'd love to see them taking the lead. And then you feel like you're contributing to the community as well. It's not just about what am I going to get? It's like, it's fun. I I see these situations on the, that are, are, you know, pop up on Twitter or in your Facebook feed. It's like, ah, what can I contribute to moving this, just nudging this in the right direction? instead of getting stuck on that thing that is so hideous that we don't. It feels so good when we can focus on something that feels better. And yeah. our, entire, our entire outlook seems to change, you know, for, ah, oh, they're all just corrupt, they're all just in it for themselves, et cetera, et cetera. But when we can think that, no, there are some who really care about people. There are some who... Um, want to see everyone healthy and happy and succeeding. That just feels better. And then, you know, you can use that feeling to create an even better feeling and a better feeling. Yeah, and maybe take some action. You know, if there's something that you want, actually then saying, well, what can I do? You become a bit, you know, this, this woolly, when you start imagining stuff, I mean, you know, better than anybody I think but when you start imagining things it's very vague in the beginning Mm -hmm. there's no detail on anything and so you can start padding it out a bit and you know you might have this image that you know I had a little exercise I wanted I needed a new car desperately needed a new car I've been stuck at home um, we were sharing one and my husband was working really long hours so I I had the car from eight o'clock in the evening onwards (laughs) and on Sundays which wasn't so I remember thinking I just want a little cheap run around but I'd like to feel nice in my car and so uh, at the beginning all I could think of was this I was had a steering wheel this vague steering wheel 
But then I sort of imagined, well, what was I seeing as I was driving? How was I feeling? Oh, how are the seats? You know, and and you can pad it out and have the detail, and then you it puts you in a much better place to, to take action. Um, and sometimes those nudges just come out of left field. You know, sometimes you have no way of imagining. Um, it's it's so far beyond your realm of experience. There's things that have happened that I'm doing now that I would never in a million years have, have, have it wouldn't have, it wasn't even on my radar. So, you know, sometimes it's just about stepping into that space and saying, I have no idea, show me, you know excite me <laughs> it's like you know yeah surprise me give me something in a nice way this is something better this or something better right yeah. the universe knows so much better than we do yeah. but it's really going to be in our best interest so this is a it is a really basic book you know it's a it, it but Yes, but more. but it's multi-layered. I found, and yeah. I, and it was a it was a three four in the morning book. So I used to come downstairs and write. Um, I'd sort of wake up with bits in my head, and I'd come down and leave all the lights off and try and write by candlelight. So I stayed in that space, and I still, I'm still gobsmacked that I, I look at it and I think I didn't write this. <laughs> you know, it wasn't necessarily a channeled book, but. And I obviously had a role in it, but it's far too wise for me. Um, and I still go back to it. You know, I get stuck and I turn open to a page and I think, oh, why didn't I think to do that? So it's a very simple book, but the, every time I look at it, I see something new in there. You know, I'd, I'd write a bit about um, energy patterns and how energy moves and um and how it affects the weather and the atmosphere of a room and how we all feed upon each other and each other's energies. And, you know, you know, you also write in the, in the book about uh, the rhythm of life. Yeah. It's fascinating. So in your opinion, how are we affected by the cycles of life and the seasons? Oh, totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think everything is a cycle. You know, you see it, whether it's everything spinning, everything, you know, the, the molecules and the, the there's these, these toroidal patterns that take place. Right, Greg Braden writes about that, the fractals. Fra- fractal time, yeah. I mean, everything is these, these toroids, which is like the yin-yang symbol. That's what that represents. You have the, 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 the dual torus that, that spins all the time and different sizes. So some that go, they move really, really slowly. And, um, you know, slow things are quite cool and can be quite heavy. You know, it's hard work. They're hard work, things that take a long time. Mm-hmm. And other things, like, are really, really fast and they get very heated. And you see these, these things, they play out at all scales, whether it's changing the chemicals in your body. Um, we're seeing it at the moment with these these great these are long planetary cycles and they're taking a long time to go through um so yeah everything and knowing when to to wait you know uh, we're talking about the community and the um you know maybe moving house you know i know it's not necessarily the right time but i've learned that everything doesn't have to happen on my time scale either you know if i have a i have a I plant a seed 
of a tender plant it doesn't i don't want it to 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 grow and to 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 sprout just at the beginning of winter because it will die off you know sometimes there's value in waiting you know things build pressure the more we the more we it's like pulling elastic band back. The more we want something, you know, the, the longer, the more pressure that it's under, the more, the, the longer we're waiting, the more we're yearning for it, then the more pressure it's building up and the more, so when you finally, it gets released, it gets so much more momentum and it becomes, you know, amp, we amplify it. So there's value in, in waiting. I love but Not too long. Yes, I love this image of the this sweet, sweet release that comes from from anticipation and pulling this elastic, and then you get so much more momentum than yeah. something that would be very quickly manifested. And then, then what's the next? And we'd be so bored with it, wouldn't we? Well, you know, it's like oh, I can have that, and I can have that, and this would happen. It's like this. <laughs> There'd be something quite cool about that, just for a little while. <laughs> 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 strong anticipation you know but you know the more you're in the space that space i think the quicker things the, the little things come very very quickly the synchronicities you know it, even if it's just silly things like you drop your pen and you're feeling in a really good place and somebody turns up two minutes later saying oh i've just found a pen would you like one <laughs> you know <laughs> it, it, it's just the but when you start noticing these things most of the time we don't pay any attention. We don't even notice. But when you start becoming aware of, you know, and how your emotions drive things and how the, these big cycles like the planets moving, how they, I, I can be lying in bed and I'll feel, um, you know, I might feel really irritable and I haven't even got out of bed yet. I haven't put my feet on the floor, but I'm like, Rrr. And then I go, okay. And I've got an app on my phone now. I'll go, oh, where's Miles right now? Oh, I see. Oh, yes. And, but you, I, I had no idea how I was impacted. I really was clueless about how the movement of the planets and the moon affected me emotionally. I just, I, I, people talk about it and we all know about the full moon, but I was oblivious that, um, so I was just reacting constantly reacting to um these triggers these environmental these triggers in the atmosphere and we don't have to or we can have a trigger and we can say oh it's there but there's another way I can use that you know I don't have to be angry and irritable I could um I could start a new project or I could take an action or I could be courageous I don't have to go and you know thump my husband so it's a choice. It's the same energy, but you have a choice about how we use it. But you have to be you have to be aware of what's going on before you you start. You have to notice, and then you can choose. But we most of us don't notice. We just go through life being triggered, and um, and it hurts. It does. It does. But there's I, what I love about your book. It is it is practical. And it is, um, to, to use your phrase, not woo-woo, um, but it is very practical about how we can get ourselves out of these cycles, how we can, and just bit, basically, it's a self-help book. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I, I wrote it, I was, 
I've struggled with depression on and off for years, with various addictions and, you know, uh, oh, oh, just human, <laughs> just, just, just human. And um, it, it really helped me. And I think that the key thing is understanding that there's like this, this, what, I struggle with the language, so hard to find language for this stuff. This substance that we're made of, this yeah. stuff of life, it, this freak, it's a frequency thing for me. And it's like, there's this frequency of love and compassion that holds everything together. And that's like this pure, benevolent, um, it's always there. We remove ourselves from it all the time, but it's always, always, always present. And the minute we allow ourselves to, to, to just open to that, everything else just balances itself out you know it's like hitting a tuning fork and everything else just comes back into it's the dominant for me it's the dominant frequency of the universe and that is really the key is you know about being loving to yourself and loving towards other people and knowing that whatever you put out comes back you know that Taurus energy comes back absolutely amplified so it's about being really conscious about what we're you know, not karma in a bad sense, but, you know, what am I contributing to this stuff of life, to this fabric of life? It's like a big ocean of, of consciousness. What's my little contribution to that? And how can I keep it moving in a, yeah, not without, leave, without ignoring all the dark stuff? Because I think that's, that's, you know, that spiritual bypassing is, is dangerous too. But, yeah. you know, but what can I do to, to keep uplifting and keep us all moving forward? And, yeah, it's fun. It, 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 it is fun. Yes, it is fun. It is fun because we get to play with it. And yeah. we get to effect change. We get to be the driver in many ways, but also be the, the, the spectator in others. But what I love about this work is that, I mean, kind of like the premise of the book and the movie, The Secret, it's been, this information has been out there in plain sight, hidden in plain sight in so many different ways, waiting for us to rediscover it. Yeah. So something I wanted to ask you about, um, are there any of your favorite exercises or techniques that you could maybe share with us? Yeah, well, I love the, the flipping one that I told you about. I really yeah. enjoy that. Um, and I will quite often, um, I, I just, I like to set an alarm. It's so simple, but I like to put an alarm on my phone. So it goes off every hour, every half hour. And I'll just say, what am I thinking at the moment? Oh. Really, what am I thinking about? And just notice, don't need to do anything, just notice. No judgment, just become aware of what is going on in here. Because most of us don't, we don't even notice. And what very quickly becomes um, blatantly obvious is like, oh my God, I'm doing that thing again. <laughs> you know, there's, and, and it's very rarely positive. And so once you become aware of what you're thinking, then you can start thinking, well, actually, how would I like my thoughts to be? And what's, you know, how, how would I like to steer these things? And what do I want to engage with? That, 
you know, there's, there's going to be the thoughts arise, yes. and we they, they just arise. We can't control them, but we can choose whether we want to engage with them or not. Yes. You can acknowledge them. You can let them be there, and it's like okay, let them pass on through. And I love, um, you know, so simple. But every morning I start with a, a, a gratitude. I start with a, I start my day with the five precepts because um, that's what I learned when I start um, started Reiki. But yeah. it it anchors it anchors in my mind. So it starts an intention for the day, and it reminds me every day that you know I don't want to be angry today. Today I choose not to carry anger around with me. It's not saying I won't get angry about. Um, unjust situations but I won't carry it for for I, I don't want to just keep being angry for months on end like I've done in the past and today I'm not going to worry because it achieves nothing um so I set these these five precepts I'm today I'm going to be grateful so simple but I'm going to practice appreciating I, I want to save a life I, I'm here in a body on a planet, and it's great having this spiritual life. But hey, <laughs> I, I do want—I want to play as well, you know. I want to, and I want to contribute. So I'm going to be grateful, and today I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be true to my way and my being. I'm not going to try and contort myself uh, into a million different pieces just to please somebody else or to fit into somebody's idea of what I should be like um you know it's about what works for who's Peter what do I what do we're all unique you know what works for one person doesn't work for somebody else so what what's my authentic self and being compassionate as well so to myself and um as much as to other people because I can be so mean to myself. <laughs> we are so terrible to ourselves so many times. Yeah. So I, I say that every morning and then before I go to bed, I do the same thing. And But that's more of a stock check. It's like, okay, so how did I do that then today? Okay. And, and celebrating the times that it went well. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a really, that guy was an ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I actually managed to find a bit of compassion for him I didn't like what he was doing but I could kind of see that he got himself upset and and I didn't you know I didn't get fired up by it or you know so celebrating the things that go well as well as you know berating yourself for all the things and then starting again and so I start with my five precepts and I do a gratitude journal um First thing, it, anything I can, because I know that I have a natural disposition to to be a poor mirror. That's I'm a classic poor mirror. If if I let myself get away with it, so it's like, okay, well, what can I do to start at least start my day off thinking? Oh, do you know what? Before I get out of bed, if I can, um, I'll lie in bed and I will think about something that I have to look forward to before I put my feet on the floor. It's like, what have I got that I feel good? And it might just be, oh, my pillow feels nice. <laughs> that might be it. It's like, oh, I feel, I don't want to get up. I go anywhere. I just want to, but oh, but I have a nice duvet. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm cozy here. It's nice and warm. 
And, you know, if it's just that, anything I can latch onto that starts my day off with me feeling lighter and more expansive. So easy, so simple, and so easy to overlook. Yeah, we don't do it. We don't. It's like, well, oh, some of us, some do. Some do, some do. But most of the time, it's like, all right, get up. Okay, let's see. Let the dog out, start the coffee, um, do some dishes from last night. You know, we're on automatic pilot. Yeah. No, my, my day is, what was I dreaming? What did I just dream? <laughs> just stay with that. Stay with that. Get the iPhone out. It's like, quickly, <laughs> let's make a few notes on my phone about what was that? What was that thing? And then it's like, okay, what's today got in store? Okay. Let's, you know, yeah. come down. And I, I just have my little ritual and it's, it's not very sophisticated. It's certainly not formal. You know, I'm there with my coffee in my hand and I'm still bleary-eyed, but I, I I do get down on my knees. Um, somebody encouraged me to do that early on, but that's mainly... I do because, um, and it's not a formal religious thing, it's because I really struggle to be humble. <laughs> I struggle with humility. And I think it just kind of puts me, you know, just makes me realise that I'm part of this huge, huge universe. So I, I, I get down and I, I, uh, I do my five precepts and I'll stretch, a bit of stretching. And, but a very, very, um, I have a very casual approach to energy work and, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm no less reverent for it. I'm absolutely in awe of what's available to us you know I'm just in awe of of the universe and that that god whatever you want to call it I I I am blown away by by life um yeah well your book is again is ancient teachings for modern times and it encourages self-awareness simple practices that we can put into place to become more in awe of life and have uh, an easier time on this planet. Where can people connect with you and find out more about your book and more about your work? Do you have a website? Yeah, it's in, it's my name, petermorton.com. It's all lowercase and it's P-E-T-A-M-O-R-T-O-N.com www.petermorton.com and I've got courses on there um Reiki courses I'm going to be doing some intuitive development um courses and uh, just about to launch a program I have a course that um linked to the book as well so with we're just you know getting together I had planned to 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 it on a a tour I had um courses booked all around Europe but I'm just I'm just been shifting them all online but it you know they're no less effective so uh, we've had a bit of a trial run and yeah people have loved them we've had and really there's something really juicy about sharing experiences with people and you know hearing about other people's successes as well it's really it sort of inspires everybody to keep on oh, keep going cool. you're also on facebook yeah, you find me on Facebook. Um, you'll often find me having a rant on Twitter, doing everything I, <laughs> I say not to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, Facebook definitely. Um, there's a there's an author's page and a, a you know just a normal uh, 
I, yeah. I, I'm very open. So, and you, you know, do, of course, Reiki sessions with people and astrology consultations. That's fascinating. Well, just started with the astrology. I'm, I've been learning only about four years now, um, but pretty seriously learning. So I've just started doing natal consultations and, you know, basic consultations, basic questions for people. Um, love it. Absolutely. Because it gives me a language which describes what I'm feeling going on underneath my hands during sessions or in my body. It, it sort well, of describes. You, you seem to be very cued in, clued in to the movements of the planet and very sensitive to them as well. So that really only makes sense that you pull the astrology in as well. Really, really. You know, the, the, how it affects our psyche is it, it and our emotional state. It fascinates me. So, yeah, I, I, I just started doing them professionally I've been doing them sort of for friends and family and people keep saying oh do us a reading do us a reading and so that's it's sort of taking a life of its own really I hadn't seen that coming it certainly wasn't on the careers list at school but, yeah and and distance sessions I work a lot at distance with people all around the world um, and you know with the Reiki people feel it like they're sat in the, the room with you Yes, it's just as effective. I do I do distance Reiki as well. It's just as effective. And then you teach a class. It looks like a new class. It's a three-and-a-half-hour workshop called Cultivating an Abundance Mindset. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So th there's a few. There's, a, there's a, a, a couple of new ones that will be going on in the next couple of days. I've just been waiting to get the dates up together. So, uh, Good for you. Good for yeah. you. And so, again, the book is Ancient Teachings for Modern Times, the Way to a Rich and Deeply Satisfying Life. Uh, this book is available through Amazon, Kindle, e-readers, Barnes & Noble, or as they say, wherever fine books are sold. So, um, and you are published through O Books, which is a division of John Hunt, John Hunt Publishing. One wonderful, so many great guests I've had on this podcast so, Peter, thank you so much to, for radiating curiosity with me. Uh, it's one of my favorite qualities, and it has just been so delightful to talk with you and learn more about your book. Oh, it's really, really lovely to have been speaking to you, and thank you for having me on here. Yeah, really appreciate it. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us 
and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.